Coming up on Podcast 1599, 12,000 pre-orders for the ID bars is a good sign for Volkswagen. Stick around, I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, BYD talking about their Blade platform for buses. Ram's CEO says their pickup truck will push past all competition. And Tesla supercharger prices are following the rest and also going up. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you're listening around the world, it's EV News Daily for Tuesday, 20th of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with some great news coming out of Volkswagen. Commercial vehicles, they're the ones in charge of making the VWID Buzz and the Buzz Cargo. Around 12,500 pre-orders and about 6,000 for the Buzz Cargo as VWN... Uh, which is what Volkswagen Commercial Vehicles is called. VWN boss Carsten Intra uh, telling a German automotive publication. Uh, delivery time for the ID bars is about half a year now. I quote, we are now already at the delivery date and the end of the first quarter, March or April 2023, he said. According to Electrive.com, the annual production is already sold out beyond this year, where production's been picking up again after a delay. VWN has been surprised, they say, by the high demand. I'm not. Are you? Uh, and that there is um, currently no ID buzzes at dealers. No customers have seen one, touched one, or driven one, and yet everybody seems to want one. Well, in Copenhagen, uh, VWN representatives did let slip, although they formally speak of pre-orders. They are binding orders, not reservations for a minimal fee. A delivery to the first customers is in November, and they will be at a run rate of 130,000 of them next year, in Hanover. Right now, they are just 100 buzzes a day, up to 200 buzzes a day towards the end of the year. And then, like I said, that long-term goal of 130,000 every single year. Uh, and you're, and they're absolutely right. Customers haven't got one, driven one, seen one. People are living off YouTube reviews right now, but I'm not surprised that the buzz and the buzz cargo are going down so well. Now, it's the IAA show uh, this week, so lots of press releases flying around. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz E-Citaro is a truck that is now using their third generation of NMC cells. That's nickel manganese cobalt. Uh, they say that by using those cells, you get a great range on their electric buses, the Isitaro buses with new battery generation technology are being delivered to their customers by the end of the year. And they're celebrating that in the Hanover show, the IAA show in Hanover. New generation cells for their Mercedes-Benz buses, they say, have a liquid electrolyte and an advanced graphite anode. Ultra-compact cylindrical cells are used. They use the 2170 format, like Model 3s and Model Ys do. They put 600 cells to a module, uh, with all the cooling and bits and bobs in there as well. Nine battery modules form a battery pack, and that pack is about 98 kilowatt hours, and then you can put more than one pack in a bus. Uh, The buses will go around 220 kilometres, which is... A long way for an urban bus does nowhere near that. And they say that it's therefore suited to longer routes and what they call socket charging. In other words, no opportunity charging on the bus route, but simply all the energy they need to do their job and then go back to the depot. Next, BYD unveiling their Blade platform for e-buses. They call it groundbreaking e-bus Blade platform. Now, I know the Blade, we think... No, we know the Blade batteries are turning up in the German-made Tesla vehicles. And now BYD are saying that their Blade batteries are making their way into 7.5-tonne urban delivery trucks and 19-tonne logistics trucks. 
a focal attraction of the BYD stand at the IAA show uh, will be their new blade platform for things like commercial vehicles and buses. They say it's rigorously tested for the punishing demands of things like nail penetration tests, incredibly safe batteries using pack technology. So getting rid of making them into modules first and making them part of the structure of the vehicle. Space-saving design, they say, is a 50% reduction in how much space is needed. And that's inherent in the Blade platform, says BYD. There are now 2.5 million BYD EVs on the road worldwide, and 90,000 of those are BYD commercial vehicles. Also at the show, Renault is unveiling their e-tech electric van and uh, all sorts of commercial vehicles are being updated uh, up uh, unveiled that's the word come on brain unveiled at the IAA show and now they're showing off their e-tech electric uh, the traffic van uh, that is based on the combustion model that sold 2.2 million versions in 50 countries over the years Ford and Daimler also at the IAA show uh, VW of course showing off their ID buzz uh, now the Renault e-traffic has a 52 kilowatt hour battery that'll do 240 kilometers of range on the WLTP test cycle uh, carrying 1.1 tons of payload it charges at 22 kilowatts AC and 50 kilowatts on a DC fast charger and Ram are next in the news well Ram trucks are not quite there with an EV truck yet but they didn't reveal any new vehicles at the recent Detroit Auto Show. But the CEO has been very effusive in his praise of EVs and his enthusiasm for the Ram brand to start making EV trucks. With the Ram Revolution concept truck planned to be shown the night before the LA Auto Show in November... The production version of the full-size Ram pickup truck, which doesn't have a name, comes next year. The Detroit Free Press website says uh, that the CEO of Ram, Mike Koval Jr., uh, assured that the Stellantis brand would push past what's on the market right now. Uh, Things like the Rivians and the Ford F-150 Lightnings, which are exceptional. Uh, The Silverado EV, which is coming, that the Ram truck will push past all of them. He didn't say how they would do that. But fair enough, right? He's ambitious and that it's going to have some core attributes that appeal to truck buyers. Hauling and towing, a key for pickup customers, he says. And I quote, more and more truck intenders are open-minded to the idea of electrification in their pickups, but not willing to sacrifice core attributes that make a truck a truck. Towing and hauling and in the future range and charge time. In other words, trucks still need to do truck things. That's the message we're receiving through feedback to date. And so we'll watch Ram very closely. Obviously, Ram, like all truck brands, are talking to their established truck buyers. Uh, but he says that trucks need to do to do truck stuff. And that's true. But I hope they don't get pulled in one direction by the 5% hardcore truck drivers who want to do extreme stuff, towing, you know, hauling big trailers across the country. That's not where EVs are right now. For that, maybe stick with your diesel for the next five years because... We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. The mid-sized truck market is a big opportunity for the brand, said uh, the CEO of Ram. Acknowledging the Dakota name has a lot of heritage, but it's too early to say what the vehicle might be called. I'll pop a link to Detroit Free Press in the show notes so you can read more. Now, Tesla is marking a milestone in Norway. 90,000 Teslas sold in Norway. They've registered that many vehicles in a country with only 5.4 million people in it. The Twitter user Lars Ev Edverson uh, monitors things like this. Tesla sales reporting that on September 17th, they hit number 90,000. 
and the Model Y is holding the top spot in sales so far this year. Tesla's Shanghai factory is next in the news, finishing their upgrade production lines at the Shanghai Gigafactory. Uh, that was yesterday we heard the news out of China that the upgrade is now done and they're undergoing tests until November, doubling the plant's output to a million vehicles. The upgrade took nine months, according to a document's filed with Shanghai authorities. Bloomberg say that Tesla will lift Model Y output in China to 14,000 a week from 11, and the Model 3 to go to 7,700 from 5.5. Now, I gave you some news recently about Tesla Berlin. Single source story, always be careful, saying that they were abandoning their plans, or at least pausing for a long time, to make batteries in Europe. I mean, the, the building is up. They were fitting it out. I didn't believe it at the time, and I said I'd carry on looking for stories either way. Reuters have a story today. Uh, they've spoken to the mayor of the area in which Tesla's Gigafactory is, and the mayor says that, as far as he knows, its plans to operate the battery plant under construction in Germany remain unchanged. Uh, the mayor is Anna Cristiani telling Reuters, and I quote, Tesla put everything reported in the American newspaper into perspective. The plant is still being built, end quote. That was referring to the Wall Street Journal report saying that Tesla was pausing the idea of making batteries in Germany. I just don't believe it. I just, everything that I know that we follow about Tesla and their plans to make batteries as close as possible to the cars. Yes, they have battery supply contracts, for 2170 cells and the BYD Blade batteries also going in. Yes, they will do whatever they can to increase production in Texas and access those made-in-America incentives coming with a new Inflation Reduction Act, which is all about being made in America. So, yes, they'll prioritise the US. That doesn't mean, though, that they're going to not make batteries in Germany. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part. Don't know. Wait and see. Right, coming up on the podcast very soon. Supercharger pricing is going up and Neo's two founders make a rare joint visit to Germany. I wonder why. Let's find out. Stick around. Now, let's talk about Tesla supercharger prices. They are going up. Electrek reports that Tesla is increasing its supercharging pricing in Europe as the energy crisis on the continent really starts to bite. It follows more price increases throughout the year around the world for superchargers. And today, Tesla sent an email to owners in Europe to warn them of a bigger price increase on the supercharging network. Just checking my nearest supercharger for non-Teslas. That's Wokingham. My nearest supercharger is Winchester at the minute, and then I think they are building the one in Ferndown. If anyone knows the south of England, there's the old Porsche showroom in Ferndown, which has moved to a nearby location, just a new building. Tesla has taken over Porsche Ferndown, which is about 15 minutes from my house. Um, so yeah, my nearest supercharger goes from being 45 minutes away in Winchester uh, to about 15 minutes away, maybe 10 actually for me to get a firm down. So, um, and they'll have a bank. I was looking at the planning permission. They'll have a bank of superchargers there as well as a service center. Great news. Not that we own a Tesla at the minute. Uh, and that's great news. So, uh, but for non-Teslas, the pricing is now 77p a kilowatt hour or 67p with membership. And I still think that's not bad. Now, as far as I know, grid serve is still about 45p, which is bonkers cheap. Um, we know that Osprey increased their pricing to a pound a kilowatt hour for their DC fast chargers. And everything that I read about commercial energy purchase contracts 
and the brokers that are doing these deals, honestly, anything 60, 70, 80p for DC fast charging, by the time they have to add 20% VAT, not 5% that we pay domestically, and then make a profit, all of that is about right. If it seems high to you, and it is high to me, it is about right. You can't be outraged at these prices because it's honestly not far off what they're paying for the electricity. And then they've got to pay VAT. Then they've got to run their business. So actually, it's all it's all around there. How GridServe is still so cheap. I mean, I need to go double check the prices, but I was at GridServe Norwich a few days ago and it was still 45 pence. This is ridiculously cheap. So um, that, I think, is the deal of the century. Tesla supercharger, 77p a kilowatt hour. Yeah, it's not cheap. You wouldn't do it every day if you could charge overnight at home on a cheap rate but if you need to you need to and it's all about right for what electricity is costing businesses right now okay in germany a rare visit for the two founders of neo uh, the chairman and ceo and his co-founder and president they were both in germany and pictured taking a ride in the neo es8 it was shared on a german blogging platform two days ago uh, their visit to germany comes at a time when neo is ramping up their efforts in europe according to cnev post neo presented the et7 this time last year in september in germany and they said at the time the et7 will be the first model sold in germany in 2022 deliveries uh, sometime in q4 this year Now let's talk about electric aviation. Island hopping in the Caribbean gets a whole lot more eco-friendly with the electric plane developer Eviation uh, inking a deal with a company called Global X. They're a regional flight company operating in Florida, the Bahamas, the Caribbean. Uh, These planes get delivered in 2027. There's 50 of them uh, offering pure electric, zero emissions flights on short-haul routes. Uh, That's about 440 nautical miles. Still seems like a long, long way to me. 800 kilometres and a maximum cruising speed of 250 knots, a payload of 1.1 tonnes and a takeoff of around 800 metres of the specs on that set of planes, which is amazing. Right? We don't talk about electric aviation too much. or we, When we do, we talk about, ah, you know, these projects are on the, on the table and they're coming. And these planes have been ordered now. And next, in a related story, Hart Aerospace present there. Regional aircraft, the Swedish electric aircraft developer Hart, presenting their hybrid electric aircraft for up to 30 passengers, operating from 2028 with a pure electric range of 200 kilometers. Uh, Hart say that the reserve generators uh, add to the range, doubling it to 400 kilometers for 30 passengers on board. Reuters reporting that the airline SAS, the Scandinavian airline SAS, uh, considering adding an undisclosed number of these aircraft for routes in Denmark, Norway and Sweden. It's a shoulder wing aircraft uh, powered by four electric motors uh, driven from the battery. No exact powertrain details right now. Uh, Three seats per row. There's a galley. There's a toilet. It's that kind of size plane, right? And it's going to be electric and zero emissions for much of it. Uh, Now, I live near Bournemouth Airport. And for my sins, I do quite like to have a look at what's flying overhead. Uh, yes, I do have the uh, the Flight Radar 24 app on my iPhone. I like to see what's taking off. And, I, you know, there's, there's a couple of little airfields around here. One just north of Blandford, uh, which always has kind of interesting little things taking off. Um, but I'm on the route uh, here in Poole 
to see things coming in and out of uh, Jersey and Guernsey, uh, and also there's there's you know there's stuff flying over at thirty six thousand feet from the US uh, that's kind of heading into Heathrow, but uh, but lots taking off from Bournemouth Airport, which you know I can hear coming. So I'll often I, I am a nerd, I know, stick my head out the window and be like, you know, oh, you know, what's that? Or oh, a little uh, little Piper you know, PA-28 or something, uh, flying overhead or some flight school training. It's all in, it's only like a couple of thousand feet up. You can, you know, see them pretty well with your, with a naked eye. Um, but you can hear them before you see them. And that's all going to change, isn't it? Because with electric aircraft, they'll be able to fly much lower and have no noise pollution. And it's just going to change everything for people that live near airports, especially people that get really bugged about the noise. And I get that. But look, you bought a house near an airport. You know, the airport was there first. But anyway, let's not get into that. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about electric vehicle range wars. Uh, Could boost things like vehicle to grid as well, say Rivian. Roughly 300 miles of range is considered the tipping point for customers to make the shift to an EV. GM recently unveiling the new Chevy Equinox, a crossover that'll do 300 miles, which is about what a Rivian will do with the R1S. Despite similar ranges... Vastly different vehicles. The Equinox will start at thirty grand. The R1S, $80,000. And, of course, the batteries needed for those vehicles, wildly different. One's a small crossover. One's a big slab of truck that has to work its way through the air. Automakers say they're engaged in a range war, according to utilitydive.com, adding storage capacity to win over EV customers concerned about how far they can drive. However... Uh, According to the public policy director at Rivian, Chris Nevers, he says you can't just pile on batteries to add more storage. Uh, Talking outside of the Detroit Auto Show. It's interesting because you can. You can make a 1,000-mile EV now. Make a 2,000-mile EV just with lots of batteries. So it gets heavier and heavier and less and less realistic. But either way, uh, they say that as more range is added to evs that then boosts the potential to using some of that energy storage for things like vehicle to grid and vehicle to home if you don't need all that mileage the next day it's easier to say to your energy company your electric company even choose yourself well look 10 percent of that i'll use for some energy trading i'll sell when the price is high uh, i'll refill it again overnight when the grid is not busy a little bit of energy arbitrage there make a few uh, a few quid Every day, it all adds up. Right, final story. And BMW says they could add more range, but they're not going to. And I'm with them on this, by the way. The next generation of BMW batteries, I've talked about it extensively on the new class platform, uh, their new cylindrical cells, new chemistry, new format as well. Uh, They say that they will stop adding range to their EVs at 621 miles or 1,000 kilometres. The Gen 6 technology, uh, which comes in 2025, has 30% more range than the the, the Gen 5 tech, uh, but they're not going to add any more range to a BMW once they get to about 1,000 kilometres. That's according to BMW's head of efficient dynamics. Thomas Olbrecht talking to Autocar magazine. He says, any more range isn't necessary. With the next generation battery, it's more flexible with how we integrate it into the vehicles. The whole vehicle is becoming more adaptive. BMW plans to establish six battery plants in Canada, China, Europe, Mexico and the United States for new battery cell production. And yes, there is room with these new higher density cells to add more and more range because they have some very large BMW luxury vehicles. Plenty of area in the vehicle to add. Obviously, it makes it heavier, but they say that they'll stop at around 600 miles because they think that's all you need with a robust charging network. And I, you know, I'm with them on that. I totally agree. Stop chasing range, 
and start chasing efficiency and miles per kilowatt hour and weight gains and adding lightness and all those kind of things, in the words of Lotus. Right, question of the week takes a wee break, but it will return. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast. That'll be you, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Nash, uh, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, uh, Derek Riley's awesome EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and Mill cottages.co.uk five star luxury cottages in Devon you want to go don't you you want to go on a, you want on a break you need a break you deserve it. get booked in cottages.co.uk have a good cinema and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid <laughs>